You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Life Groups Minister, Del Matthews. The reading for today comes from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 to 40. So Mark, chapter 4, verse 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind him, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, it's good to be with you today. My name's Del Matthews, and I'm the Life Groups Minister here at St John's. Well, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about some good resolutions for Christians. We've looked at our need for community and our need to serve. But this week, I want to talk about our need for rest. Now, you might be thinking, well, after all that time in community and doing all that service, I'm probably going to need some rest, you know, some me time. But in the Bible, rest is all about God and community. The Bible turns our understanding of rest inside out. And that's what I want to talk about today. In 2018, the then Health Minister, uh, Greg Hunt, requested a national inquiry into the nation's sleep. Apparently, we're not very good at it. 60% of Australians reported having at least one symptom of poor sleep at least three to four times a week. 60% of us have trouble either falling asleep or we wake early early and have trouble getting back to sleep. And 14.8% of us have clinical insomnia. Now, most inquiries have lots of recommendations, and unlike those, this one had only one recommendation. And I could read you that recommendation, but it's written in government speak. Basically, that recommendation said the government should make it a priority to tell us to all get more sleep. And I'd like to suggest that we not only have a problem with sleep, we have a problem with rest. We have leisure. Most of us work no more than five days a week, but we have little rest. Cultures with the most tech and labour-saving devices, including ours, have the most hectic lifestyles and are the least rested. Our culture idolises productivity and activity. We even pack our leisure time with activity. It's almost a mark of a good break to be able to declare that you have to go back to work after a weekend or a holiday just to get some rest. Well, the science is out there, the dangers of a lack of sleep and the benefits of good sleep habits are there. There's also science behind having a good weekend rest and holidays. I'll refer to a little bit of that science, but I really want to talk about what the Bible has to say about sleep, about having a weekly rest, 
and holidays. Well, let's start with Jesus. The story we had read to us is usually told to highlight that Jesus' authority over creation. But today I want to take another look at that scene. I want you to focus as we watch a little video of that scene, focus your attention on what Jesus and the disciples were doing in the boat before he calms the storm. There's some good lessons we can learn from Jesus and the disciples. One day, Jesus got into a boat with his disciples and said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. And as they were sailing, he fell asleep. Where is your faith? It was evening. Jesus was totally exhausted. He'd been teaching a crowd all day, work that is physically, emotionally and spiritually draining. He suggested that he and his disciples get away from the crowds. Now, real rest can usually only occur when we get away from our work and whatever crowds us in. Sudden violent storms are common on the Sea of Galilee due to the geography of the place. Well, what was Jesus doing throughout that storm? He'd found something he could use as a pillow and he was curled up and giving in to what his body was craving. He slept. Could you do that? Sleep through all that noise with the boat moving up and down? sleeping on a hard, wet surface. I don't think I could. And the disciples couldn't. They did two things. They set to work to save themselves. And when their own efforts began to fail, they gave in to worry and to panic. And we'll get back to the disciples and to Jesus in the boat a little bit later. But first, I'd like to suggest three reasons why we as Christians should make sleep a, res a good resolution for this year. Firstly, our bodies were created to sleep. Sleep contributes to 88% of our physical health and 89% of our mental health. Sleep boosts our immune system, reduces stress and inflammation on the body. It reduces our risk for the nasties like heart disease and diabetes. 
Psalm 127 reminds us that sleep is a gift from God. He created our bodies to need sleep and he gives us sleep each night. He created the conditions that we need for sleep, darkness and the cool of night. See, Jesus' body needed sleep just as ours does. He knew and and knew to accept the gift of sleep when his body needed it. Secondly, rest or sleep draws us into God's grace and restores us spiritually as well as physically. Now, Christian life is all about total faith and trust in God. It's about surrender to God. And sleep is a beautiful picture of surrender to God's grace. The Bible contrasts grace with our own efforts, our own work to save ourselves. Now, science is just discovering what goes on in our bodies and in our brains while we sleep. There's a lot going on, but we're not in control. When we're asleep, we're not working. It's not our own efforts. It's God's work in our bodies, sustaining us and working to clean out, the bra- clean out our brain and restore us for the next day. Happening because he created us that way and continuing as he works in us while we sleep. It's not our work, but his grace. We just need to surrender to his work in us. We just need to give in to sleep. And thirdly, as we've heard over the last two weeks, we are called to love and serve others. Now, Jesus knew that he and his disciples needed to get away from the crowd as we humans can't serve effectively when we're exhausted. Jesus knew there would be more crowds the next day and there would be more to do the next day. Science tells us that lack of sleep can impair our productivity by up to 80%. But you and I already know that a good night's sleep it gives us a better mood, we're nicer to be around, um, we have more energy and we're less likely to get irritated. See, God gives us grace to love and serve others and one way he does that is to restore us and energise us through sleep. But notice also that Jesus did not berate the disciples for waking him up when they needed him. Our sleep should never be at the expense of someone else with an urgent need. So if God created us to need the rhythm of daily sleep, why do 60% of us report poor sleep? Well, there were two things that kept the disciples from sleeping. They were working to save themselves and they were worried about drowning. In that government inquiry, there were a number of reasons given for poor sleep. Yes, poor sleep environment was one of them, but Jesus fell asleep in the worst of sleep environments. Most of the reasons we, um, we have sleep problems get back to our own work and our own activity. Things such as a hectic lifestyle, responding to technology in the middle of the night, working or studying before bed, they either keep us from getting to bed at a good time or they keep us from sleeping well. And there's something that we can do something about. The other reason we have trouble with sleep is worry. Our concern with how to save ourselves and what might happen through the storms of our own lives rob us of sleep. I mean, who hasn't lain awake mulling over some problem or reliving a difficult experience or fearful of something that's coming up in the next days or weeks? 
Although sleep is something our bodies crave, good sleep habits are learned. We need to cease, learn to cease our activity and worry and learn to surrender to sleep. I'll never forget a conversation I had with a young woman who was pregnant at the time and took a daily nap after lunch, falling fully asleep. Since I'm not good at falling asleep in the daytime, I asked her how she could do that. Her answer was that she'd learnt the habit back in the days when her mother made the children take a nap each day before they, um, after lunch and before in the years before they started school. She had learnt to sleep. There's lots of books and documentaries to help you on the mechanics of learning to sleep. Um, sometimes it takes professional help, especially if you're in that 14.8% of insomniacs. As Christians, we do well to follow their advice and to get the help, professional help, if we need it. But learning good sleep habits is also about learning to trust God more and more with our worries and our fears. It is learning to cease our own efforts and accept the grace of God, his work in our lives. Remember the disciples and Jesus in the boat? The difference between Jesus and the disciples was faith. It wasn't that Jesus knew he would calm the storm and then sleep peacefully. He was asleep while the storm was raging. Jesus could sleep because he had complete faith in God. Jesus could surrender his body to sleep because he did not worry. It wasn't that he had nothing to worry about. Jesus was in the same storm as the disciples. He had troubles, but he didn't worry about them. He didn't worry about what might happen. He knew that sleep was the only way his body and his spirit could be restored for whatever might happen tomorrow. Sleep is learning to give up on up on self-effort and learning to abide in the grace of our Creator. Now, fear in the presence of danger, as the disciples faced, is natural, but fear in the presence of Jesus is unwarranted. The disciples did the right thing in the end. They turned to Jesus with their problem. And I'm still learning to do that before fear totally robs me of sleep. Something that is helping me uh, to, is to make sure that the last thing I do at night before I turn the light out and the first thing I do in the morning is some simple prayer or activity that focuses my attention on God and his presence. I remind myself of his grace and his work in my life. Now, Jesus not only surrendered to sleep that his body needed, but he and his disciples also observed the Sabbath. Now, the Hebrew word Sabbath basically just means to cease or desist. It's one day a week set aside to cease or desist from work. It's a day of rest. And why should we, Christians in the 21st century, take a Sabbath? We don't live under Old Testament law that included the Sabbath. Well, there's a few reasons. Firstly, God set the example in creation and said that we should take a Sabbath too. He meant it not only for us, but for all creation, for our animals and even the land we farm. The work of creation is described in the book of Genesis over six days, and the seventh was a cessation of activity. Now, the poetic language used in Genesis 1 doesn't give us a clue as to how long each day was, but there was a clear distinction between six time periods of creation and one of rest. 
Now, God wasn't weary, needing a break. We need breaks. We need to rest. He said that the day was to be observed as a holy day, to one set aside from the others, different from the others. From the beginning, we see that we're created to follow the example given us and to live in a cycle of work and rest. Secondly, Sabbath belongs to God. And just like sleep, it's a gift that he gives us. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus tells us that he, um, or suggests that we come to him, all who are weary and are burdened, and he will give us rest. And immediately following those verses in Matthew, we read of Jesus observing the Sabbath. Jesus showed us the example of weekly rest that he wants to give us as a gift. Thirdly, Sabbath is a benefit for all people. By the time of Jesus, the religious leaders had had a whole raft of laws and prohibitions around what defined work, what people could and couldn't do on a Sabbath. In Matthew 11, immediately after Jesus says he wants to give us rest, we read that one day he and his disciples were walking through a grain field and they picked some of the grains to snack on along the way. The religious leaders of the time accused them of breaking the law. They were accused of working by harvesting a few grains. The second story, immediately after, tells us of a time when Jesus was in the synagogue on a Sabbath and he healed a man who had a shriveled hand. Again, the religious leaders were not happy. But Jesus reminded them and he reminded us of what the real meaning of Sabbath was. Sabbath is for the benefit of people. It's not wrong to do good on the Sabbath. Taking a Sabbath or a weekly rest is beneficial for each one of us personally. But our Sabbath rest should also benefit those around us. Sabbath restores us for service and for community. God gives us daily rest in sleep, but he also gives us weekly rest one day a week. Now, as I said, Sabbath was an Old Testament law and as Christians, we're not bound to obey it. But Sabbath is a gift and we can take, that we can take and enjoy, a gift that restores us to better serve others. Now, since we're not living in the Old Testament times, there are no hard and fast rules about when or how we should take a weekly rest. But in my experience, we do need to be intentional about developing the habit Otherwise, the days just get filled up with work and activity and it just doesn't happen. We need to learn to to take Sabbath rest and we need to learn to give in to the grace of sleep. Well, aside from taking the Sabbath and uh, as a day of rest, did Jesus take holidays as we know them? And we don't see him signing up for that Mediterranean cruise or white water rafting down the Jordan River. For the majority of history and up until the last century, um, and still in many cultures today, the idea of going away for a holiday was unknown. But the Israelites and Jesus did take time off to celebrate a number of holy days. For one of those, families would pack a bag and take a trip to Jerusalem. We're told that every year Jesus and his family took the journey from Nazareth to Jerusalem to celebrate the the feast of the Passover. The extended family and friends all walked up together. It would have been lots of fun even just on the journey. 
If you've ever participated in a Passover meal, you know that, yes, there's some liturgy, uh, but there's lots of good food and lots of celebration. The annual trip to Jerusalem had all the elements we associate with a good holiday, getting away, fun with family and friends, as well as good food. Well, just because Jesus didn't take that Mediterranean cruise doesn't mean it's wrong for us. If something's not in the Bible, doesn't mean it's wrong. But I think we do well to apply some of the principles we find in the Bible around rest to our holidays. So firstly, God gives us holidays, just as he gave the Jews eight holy days each year. Holiday rest should be about spiritual restoration as much as it is about physical and mental restoration. And there are some holidays that naturally draw our attention to God. You know, maybe that wilderness camping trip enjoying God's creation or a tour of the Holy Land. But for me, the most most regular holidays require some intentional planning to make it a time of spiritual restoration as well as a physical break. I find I need to think about a new routine for my holiday so I don't leave God out. Um, Sometimes when I'm travelling alone, I I plan in a retreat day. But most of my holidays I'm not alone and most of yours, you're probably with family and friends just as I am. And we need to plan in time with God. If I don't, I come home feeling spiritually dry, defeating the point of a holiday altogether as a gift of God. Secondly, we need to build in a rhythm of restful holidays. Um, Just as we take annual holy days, just as the Jews were taking annual holy days and that trip to Jerusalem. Now, Australians are very fortunate. We have the most generous annual leave entitlements in the world, Uh, but 75% of us don't take our full allowance each year. Why? Well, people cite the cost of living as the main reason, Um, The second reason is too much work to do, and of course we've been using COVID as an excuse of late. But the benefits of irregular holidays are clear, um, even if we're taking it as a staycation, staying at home. Taking regular holidays improves our productivity and creativity. It helps maintain good mental health and prevents burnout. It strengthens relationships and can improve physical health as stress levels are decreased. It's worth finding a way around our excuses to take regular time off. And it's worth thinking through what type of holiday truly gives me rest. And thirdly, our holidays should always be good for others around us and should never harm others. Holidays should be something that refreshes us for work and service. Our culture uh, works to pay for a great holiday But as Christians, we should take a holiday to be better able to serve and to work. We do well to plan our holidays so that they don't bring an extra burden on either people left behind or communities we visit. Visiting friends and family can be a great way to encourage them and tourism can bring benefit to local communities. But what about planning in some kind of helping others or mission like friends of mine who recently spent three weeks helping out a local church and one week holiday as they visited Vietnam. Now, of course, tourism is not always good for the local community, and I'm learning to consider the impact I leave on the environment for others. Uh, This last year, I experimented with three different modes of travel to Canberra. I flew, 
I took the train and I drove. Uh, and, you know, each time I took along my keep cup and I packed lunch and tried to do the right thing there as well. Um, overall, I'd say the train came out as the winner. The train was uh, obviously, for me, cheaper as a, a travelling on my own. Uh, it was far more relaxing than driving and it was much better for the planet, better than even driving or flying. Now, not everyone can do that, but we can all factor into our planning the good of the planet, which is really about the good of all of us who are living here. So we've looked at sleep and we've looked at Sabbath and holidays. Putting it all together, if I were to sum up what the Bible has to say about rest, it would be that firstly, rest is a gift from God. He created us to need rest, but he also intended that rest should restore us spiritually as well as physically. Secondly, rest is about restoration in order to serve well. It's not about what I deserve, but it's about what others deserve. It's about being restored and able to work and serve others. And thirdly, rest is most beneficial if we incorporate a regular rhythm of rest, daily through sleep, weekly through a Sabbath or weekly day of rest, and annually through holidays. It takes some intentional planning and building of new habits, but it's worth making rest a 2023 resolution. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek.